Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 17th take of the fourth week of the attempt of recording Two Guys in a Shed, brought to you by two guys who are in a shed. We're going a little bit crazy because tech issues, but we think we got it fixed as long as I don't touch anything. So as you're listening to this, don't move. Your movement might ruin this recording. It's going to be all your fault, Kevin. Okay, looking at you, Whipple. Fuck you, Kevin. Yeah, don't move. Just sit there completely motionless. Because we have between what? So we had incompatible mics, incompatible software drivers, finicky adapters, incorrect adapters, too many adapters, the wrong cabling, mic broke. Mm hmm. And now we've boiled it down to shit just breaks now sometimes. <laughs> so we solve, <laughs> we solve all those problems. We set up our podcasting stuff in a different shed that allows us to not echo and stuff. And after solving almost a, do a dozen plus hiccups, it just, boink, just breaks down to sometimes it won't record our mics. Yeah, I literally cannot touch the table. Otherwise, something will come loose because I have to buy a new one. And if I touch it, it'll come out a little bit and not work anymore. You know, if I touch it, it comes out a little bit too. As in my penis. I gathered. Just making sure you're aware. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> welcome to you guys in a shed. As always, I am your host, Jordan. And I am I'm Ethan. That's still me. Nothing's changed so far. Uh, this week we're talking about world building. We're building worlds, part one, because of fifty. Yeah, it's kind of hard to boil it all down into one episode, so we're doing however many. I think we decided three or four. It's it's four, but that means probably six. Yeah, which so, is going to turn into eight. And, yeah, uh, and then probably a, a ninth one that we don't publish. So the I mean, there's so many ways to go about. The, like it, it's such a daunting task to build a world. Yes, it is. And there's so many nuances and so many things that, for example, my dad, he just, shout out dad, hey, he just begun in these past few months doing a Starfinder game. Um, for those who don't know, it's Pathfinder in space. Mm -hmm. It's super detailed. Like, I'm a pretty good D&D uh, &D player, and even I'm like, like scratching my head having to google like what the fuck does this mean yeah like it's it's a huge detailed game and honestly i think him diving into a massive game like that brand new where none of the players are skilled with it is even more daunting so he is just diving in the deep end mm -hmm. and it's honestly i feel like his biggest hiccup was that that first bit where you sit down you're like i want to build a world and it's it's so daunting so the what we're going to do is the first thing we're going to do is we're going to talk about different ways to get started. Yes. Because there's a lot of like, tips and tricks, um, you know, like tips like using maps, different games, or buying modules and taking bits from them. So things like that. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to actually basically talk about building a world from scratch beginning to end. And the way we're going to do that is we're kind of going to zoom in real close and build a small world. And the goal, hopefully, is every episode we zoom out just a little bit. So we'll zoom into the small province where it's the town and some farms and uh, forest outskirts. Mm -hmm. and then we zoom out and we see some bordering towns and maybe a larger city. Then we zoom out and we see the continent and the whole world. And everyone builds worlds differently. Um, you and I build pretty similar. I think you and I are kind of... Yeah, we're, mine... We're kind of... Uh, we do it kind of opposite where we, we tend to start big. Well, not, no, because you started Anvil's pretty small. That was your first Yeah, ever. I started small just so that I could have something. Well, that was what I did, too. My first ever game was just Europe upside down and small. Yeah. Yeah, So yeah, because I started with mm -hmm. Andendale, and then I added this other little kingdom to the side, mm -hmm. and then slowly, uh, then one day I was just like, I'm just going to make a huge fucking map. Yeah. I feel like I prefer, personally, going big first and kind of filling in the gaps. Like I've always done that. Even when, like, if I'm building a, a town in like Minecraft, I want to build the walls first so I can see the space I have to work with. Yeah, that's how I've always done it. Yeah, and that's something that like so like I built Andendale, the the for my first kingdom, just so that I could have 
a homebrew place for you guys to go. And then I just, you know, I fleshed that out a little bit, kind of got some constraints and stuff like that. And then one day I got bored and made, you know, the full continent of Sabota. Or not full continent, full, like, planet, basically, of Sabota. I need to name my planet, too. Yeah. It's, I think it's still officially called Sunday Game. Yeah. Do you remember how I named mine? No. Sabota. I think Sabota is like Russian for Saturday. Yeah, because it's Saturday's game. What's <laughs> Russian for Sunday? I'll just do that for a <laughs> We should make it to where uh, we should combine our universes so like it's the same planets in a system. That, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, same planets in a system. Yeah, so we're just two planets. Oh, we would, we're just, here we go. Yeah, this is the problem with us. Because now, <laughs> now that we've agreed on that, we've now set a precedent where there's now more than what we've made oh so you remember how in my world dragonborn are aliens they're aliens from, from your my planet, planet. Oh! <laughs> right because mine because we, we talked about and in my world they're descendant of dragons yep so okay so now we've established <laughs> that there's a connection between our planets yep. this is gonna be a problem <laughs> anywho Okay, yeah, this is the problem with the world building. All right, so back to well, no, actually, starting no, small. What, what we just did, I think that's actually a very good starting point, is you don't just sit down. Don't do it. So as I, as I was saying before he broke it for the 15th time, what we just did was, was forever ago now, it feels like, because we had to fix the fucking audio is you don't just sit down and make the world. It, the world, like, no one just makes the world that night. And a big thing, and I think the majority of where parts of our world come in, is we'll be making dinner, and we'll just click and have a cool idea. And that idea fits into it. Yeah. Or, or maybe you'll read a book, or you'll watch a movie, and you'll love that movie, you'll love that one part that you saw or read about, and you will put that in a town somewhere in your world. So don't like it's it, it's a long process, which is why you start small and you slowly just add to it. We've been making our worlds for I mean you're two years now. Yeah, two years. I think uh, mine's six months ish because this is a, a, a newer one. So mm -hmm. we have you know his is two years and we're still stuff yeah. still happening. We're still adding stuff to it. So it's a constantly evolving thing. And one of the biggest tips, like if I was to give one just how to do it, is make something small and let your players fill in the gaps. Yeah. Having players create things, it gives them like a sense of ownership to the play to the world. It helps them get a little more invested in what's going on. And it, it just makes things all around like better. And take a lot of the weight of your shoulders off your yeah. shoulders of having to create everything. Because yeah. now you're just like, okay, hey guys, what kind of town are you from? Like, um, a, a good example is the town you're going to tomorrow in the game, Merkwell. Yep. Merkwell was a, a, a nothing town. I had put it there. I knew it was a town. It's an industrial town. Nothing came of it until you said you wanted a town on this continent that would have kind of less than reputable mercenary groups. Mm -hmm. So because of that, I, I thought about it, and now Merkwell is kind of the scum and villainy of the continent, where it's a, you know indentured slaves and servitude and yep. all that. So you made you guys made Merkwell. I just kind of put the foundation there, and it was made from you. Yeah, we, um, we kind of gave you the like basis of what we kind of saw our characters being from. And then we fill in the gaps, yeah. yeah. Uh, same with North Pass. North, uh, the, the town of North Pass never existed until you wanted somewhere to be from near the border. Yeah. Um, that's um, So Lady Gale, long may she reign, um, she's uh, from a different continent that I haven't fleshed out, but I've started getting ideas because she wanted to be from a foreign, you know, from a place where it was... Um, you know, kind of a natural elven kingdom where there was a lot of farming and a lot of things like that. And I was like, well, I mean, that fits for Aeolus a little bit. Cause, so I was just like, let's build from there. So I've started fleshing that place out. And um, Droika was the same player from for Emrys, was, hey, I'm from a kingdom 
where there's a bunch of zombies and shit. Like, you need to make that. And I'm like, all right, bet. Yeah. And it's so convenient because no matter how much work you do, unless you are a New York best time author and someone who's written shit like Lord of the Rings, you're probably not going to sit down and get every single detail. Yeah. And you don't have to pretend like you do. It's okay to be like, oh, that town doesn't exist yet. Because it's open up, let your players run with that. You know, if you want, if a player tells you, hey, I want to be from a farming town, you'd be like, well, I have this empty town over there. And it, it's in a location that kind of makes sense yeah. for it to be. Tell me about what town you're from, and then they'll fill in the gap, and now they have a place of being. Yeah. And conveniently, in five minutes, you've written this farming community with names, people, and all that. Yeah. And and like you're like you just take the basic idea from them and get some like cool concepts of like oh maybe it's this the you know so um, for example like North Pass wasn't a town and I was like I'm front you know it's this kind of like you know transfer town where a bunch of military goes through there all the time and there's a, like an a bomb that accidentally went off one time. Um, and the economy is based solely on the fact that soldiers go through and they need supplies sometimes. Yep, and now North Pass exists. Yep. And on on Thursday's game, you're on the other side. Just bumped the table with my hand there. That was scary. <laughs> um, yeah, so, that, I mean, really, it's just let your players, like, give them some of that world building. Let them do it. Don't just make your world and tell them this is how it is. Mm -hmm. Let it be more of a fluid thing. Is probably the biggest advice you could get. Yeah. Is so, yeah that that's a that's a big like easy bit of advice for overall world building. But now, starting out, you need to flesh a spot out for them to start. The way I am probably going to be going about it from now on, now that I've kind of got a world map, is I want I, what I would do is. Pick a spot on your map. So you build your map, just, build, you know, shapes. Just take some shapes, put them around, just draw something. You could even just cop trace the map of Earth and figure that figure it out from there and just name sh shit randomly. Yeah. Um, but just pick a spot, right? get a town name and a bar in that town. Yeah, that's really all you really need to start. Yeah. Um, even... Even not drawing shapes, you don't even have to go even that big, especially if you're completely brand new. You know, way back in the day in these fantasy worlds, you know, medieval times, our, your worlds were actually very small. Yeah. A, a, a commoner would maybe know 30 square miles, and, and that's generous. Mm -hmm. It could even be less than that, or they've never left their, I mean, their town. So you could make a lot in this in this world because this world could not be explored because people are so used to it, basically their worlds were limited to where they could walk in a day. Yeah. So if, if you look at um the D and D, it's like uh it's ten miles a day, or is it eight? Whatever it is, I mean you it, as uh, a DM. I think it's I think it's twenty four because the average walking base is like three like, miles three, three an miles hour times the eight, eight hours you walk a day yeah so so, I think it's so like call it 30 because yeah. there's an even number 25 30 yeah if you just make a circle that's a 30 mile radius you now have a massive area that can have multiple towns yep multiple forests it could have you know in that world that would probably be a self-sustaining town if it's a small medieval town Mm -hmm. So it would have a mine up in the hills. It would have a forest, lumber area, a town. Yep. So you could just literally take a, a paper plate and draw a circle on a map and now put a town right, right in the middle or a farming community, something right in the middle, and then just start playing with it. Maybe I always, by habit, I tend to put mountains and stuff always to the north because that's just kind of how, in my mind, I kind of feel it. It's in, like north of something. Mm-hmm. I always consider it the hills to the north and mountains and mines to the north. So I tend to put mountains up there around a community, around a village. You would normally find a river or, or some kind of large water source, Yep. if not more than one. There would be some forest, but it's being cleared to make lumber for the town. So you would tend to have open area now. It would be uh, kind of encircled by forests and then slowly being cleared. And they're using that land. To build more, you know, to expand the village, to add more housing 
um, but mostly for farming and ranching. Yeah, and then you can also have it to where, you know, they're starting to get build like actual groves for it to grow more trees because they understand that, you know, it's not going to be sustainable long term. And then, you know, because it is fantasy, you, you can toss in an a, a abandoned tower, an old tower from a forgotten kingdom. Mm-hmm. You could throw in, uh, a, 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 what's a good one? Abandoned mine shaft is a solid, solid one. Yeah, an abandoned mine shaft is a is, desert temple. You could toss it in there somewhere. Yeah, a uh, mansion, ocean monuments. You're basically just stealing from Minecraft at this point. <laughs> I mean, essentially, yeah. You just throw in, and it doesn't even have to be something extravagant like that. Like I remember, I had a huge camp, or not a campaign, but several sessions, all because. It was nearing the end of the session. It was a boring session, so I gave them. It was an abandoned campsite. It was all bloody. Mm-hmm. That it's such a small thing. You could literally put it three hundred feet off a main road, and it could not be seen. So, in terms of like balancing stuff out, it wouldn't take up a lot, a lot of room. Because I don't like to have stuff too close together. It feels weird. Mm-hmm. Like an Oblivion or a Skyrim, where every twenty feet is some crypt or dungeon or something like that. I like having a little bit of space. Um, and you know, you can have a whole story off that. And then, you know, a, a, another route is just, just take from other campaign stories to be, you know, go by, um, Horde of the Dragon Queen the first couple times, just defending a town from an attack. Yeah. Pull the dragon out, take all the bad guys out, throw in a, a thing of orcs, play it the exact same. Mm-hmm. You change some things around, change the name, change the outcome, maybe. Yeah, um, it's a group of goblins and a group a group of goblins and orcs that are tr- just trying to pillage for the sales, you know, to tr- um, sell to someone else to get money so they can survive and grow. Yeah, or maybe a dragon kicked them out of their mountain community, so now there's this whole thing. Yeah, maybe the and then just all of that you. You already have that pre-written campaign, so you already you, you buy that book or just you know be normal and Google it. You, you now you have maps, now you have worlds. You change the names with yep. the fantasy name generator, the number one website for DMs, or Google Translate, or Google Translate, because <laughs> that's what we do all the time. <laughs> so I mean, it's okay to take stuff like that, especially if you change names and swap a few things out. Most people aren't even going to notice. Yeah, I guarantee you, I could take you and Daniel. Yeah, you because you guys have done Horde of the Dragon Queen, and you, you would recognize it if I played the normal one. Yeah, but if I took all that out, different names, removed some NPCs and some encounters, threw in some different ones, it's orcs and goblins. It would just seem like an entirely different fight. Yeah, and you know, it would. It's it's super easy. It it would take me thirty minutes to make. Three session, two, three session bit. Because, I mean, that was, it was, it's a long one, that, that Horde of Dragon Queen's a pretty rough long one. Yeah. So, yeah, if speaking of, if you do that, read it first. Because it, the, the it's, published, r- it's rough. The published modules like to kick the player's ass. It was like, it was almost three sessions before y'all got a long rest. Yeah, it, it was rough. And it's level one, so you have like two spell slots. Yeah, it was. Do some tweaking. Or don't fuck it. Make your players work for it. Yeah, I mean, if they are experienced players, like kick their teeth in a little bit. Yeah, and with that, you know, going off that foundation, let's say that's the only thing. You, everything else you want to make completely fresh. You only use that first town in Horde of the Dragon Queen. Mm-hmm. Now, if you zoom out, you now have something to build off of because you now have a starting point. You yeah. have this town. And the second thing I would think of is where did the orcs come from? So maybe you make another town in the hills or on the other side of a mountain range. Something that would mean that they wouldn't really know of each other, but now they're invading. Yeah. A, mo- a mountain range is a very convenient one because that would separate these two groups and they could live independently. Yeah. You could also have the orcs be from the mountain range because the idea of, hey, they had like an encampment. You know, in the mountain range, and something happened. Yeah, a dragon came in and took over, started bullying them, kicked them out, and said, "Bring me money, and I'll give you your space back." Yeah, and now you have a campaign. Yeah, and then it's like, and with that, it's it's much more easy to build when you have to in world building. 
Because yeah. as, as much as we say players can do anything, it's very rare that your group's like, you know what? Fuck these orcs. And they get on a wagon and fuck off to the next continent. It's super rare. Yeah. Yeah, I get... I could only see myself ever doing it just to screw with you, just because yeah. it's funny. But see, I prepare for that. That's why I have this whole... I'm like, oh, which continent do you want to go to? Yeah. Um, so, I figure <laughs> one thing we could do is, to, to kind of help put into words, is start building, I guess, what would be the third planet in our now continued solar system. I say we start with what we just said. Let's use that, that large... Um, kind of village yeah so what what ideas do you have for naming it because that's something that really helps set a theme is how you what you name it how you go about naming it like is there a meaning behind the name yeah and also one thing you could help that could help us name it is what's the infrastructure of the town in the first place because all we know is it's being attacked by orcs and goblins yeah and this is where it, it this is where there really isn't any easy tip or advice. Now you just start thinking about it. So you, we're making your world. You now have a town in the grassy plain area attacked by orcs. Mm-hmm. So looking at the module, because we are basing this off that beginning one. Yeah. Um, it, w- it was a, a pretty generous town. Like It was not a small one. They had their own keep. Yeah, it was a it was a fairly I would say medium sized town. I mean, it was big enough to have that fucking castle, not a castle, but that, that like fort in it. Yeah, so it had that fort. That's considerable. Yeah, I think that town was supposed was like a go between town where yeah, a lot of people like, traveled through. So, I would just again cause going off the fact that I want to change it, I would take out that keep, put a small kind of humble castle. And say that this land is owned by a noble. Because mm-hmm. for one, it, it, it doesn't change too much in terms of me using the module, but it does make it a different bit. So now this is a, a large, generous farming town, self-sustaining, ran by an old human... Uh, I, I'm kind of thinking like, like Ren's backstory. Like an old human noble. Yeah. Where he fought... For the king of the overarching, city. yeah, and, and he's just kind of like, I have land now. I just kind of working my way to retirement. I take care of the people. Yep, you know he's a big, strong guy. He's smart. The king trusts him, so they go ahead and they give him this land. So I, I would probably name it. I would probably use the, um, the name generator. I would find a nice last name and name it that. Yeah. Um, the way I kind of went about it, because it's the way I normally go, is I think of what is the town known for. It's a it's a go through you know you go through the yeah, town farming and trade probably yeah and so it's a you know got trade but I kind of went through the you know I I went I put so in Google Translate I put pass through as just a general thing and then if in the English aside and then for the other language. I started going through just different languages. So I went on to Filipino and got the freight, got the word Duman. So like Duman Crossing. Yeah. So Duman Crossing isn't just. And then now we have Lord Duman. Yep. Yes. And, and it literally just, it's just pass through crossing is the, if you translate it, but you just say it's Duman Crossing and with its leader. And that, and that sounds perfect. That's Lord perfect Duman name. is the leader and now you have the name of the town you have a king you've got kind of the king's ideals you know or you know you could figure out the king's the the lord's ideals i should say yeah and i kind of consider the way we do this kind of plug and play world building yeah where we started with a very simple beginning we wanted a fun beginning campaign Mm-hmm. We didn't know where to start because you know you and I were brand new, so we didn't know where to start. So we used that module. So now we had this module, we had this foundation. So you kind of just take it um, very similar. I know we I mentioned it briefly in our backstory episode where I said we'd get to it, like the whole working backwards. Yeah, we have this town. It's attacked by orcs. You know, it it it, it has this castle. 
a lord runs it. Why? Well, the lord Duman, because he did this and this and this. Yeah, and it's, it's you, the why method. And now you make a little backstory. And now, why are the orcs attacking? Well, they have lots of food. Why? Oh, they're big into farming. Well, why are they attacking for, for the farming? Oh, the dragon attacked them. So you've now just kind of tiered building downwards Yep. this whole story. So now, with very minimal effort, we've now built a established farming and trading community, which is a, 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 mo- a modest town ran by an old fighter, Lord Dumont, who was gifted this land by the king, and used it to make a nice pastor. Am I too, like, too loud? What's you? Not loud enough? What was that? I was turning you up. Oh, you were like very nervous when doing Ooh, it. Because last time I touched the volume, oh, yeah. <laughs> it <clears throat> stopped working. <coughs> And now you have the the main hook, which is the orcs and goblins are attacking, and there's a dragon in the mountains, and now they have to find that out. Will they capture an orc? Will they find um, a, the chief and that, that like scribbled in orcish about what's going on, and he was sent by a different orc that runs the tribe to try and gather resources? Yeah. And now you have this whole story. Yeah. And, and now that's when you... So we. I, I would just... I would start there. This is where the game would start. Yep. And now the players are going to... They're going to think of stuff. They're going to ask questions. Maybe at the end of the session, they decide, you know what? This is way too much for us. Let's go tell the king. Mm-hmm. Which is a fair... I mean, honestly, no, it's not. They would immediately go rushing to the mountains to check shit out and probably get killed. Yeah. You're but first, for for congratulations, you got your first TPK. For normal-headed people, um, most people think getting help. Mm-hmm. So now we got to zoom out a bit. Now we have to make this place for them to go. Yeah. So the first thing I would do is I would look at where my town is. I would zoom out and I would drop the the other town somewhere, the the capital city. Yeah. And then I would think about a road there, maybe just for fun, at a massive river and a bridge. And you could have fun with that. Maybe there's a troll under it. Yeah. It's kind of a, a goofy, a, nice troll. Put in a bandit camp somewhere. That hey, They get intercepted on their way there. Somebody tries to mug them. Hey, you've got a full, cool little combat encounter. Yeah. And then um, don't forget when making roads that in worlds like this where travel is so prominent, there are rest stops. Yeah. Because if there's going to be a two-day travel, there's going to be some kind of rest stop or some yeah. kind of like... This is a guarded camping area. Yeah. It, it, or it literally could just be a cleared spot next to a river that's b- built for camping. Mm-hmm. You know, because especially in D&D, there's so many caravans and wagons and adventurers that just yeah. naturally this, these would appear. And they would appear in nat- natural spots, which would be every day of travel. There would normally be an old shed someone built for camping. Or if you're on a very big main road... It's not uncommon to see guarded campsites. Or an inn. just yeah, Or even an inn or a tavern, a hospital. Because mm-hmm. way back when, hospitals were actually just for people to sleep. Yeah. So that's where the word came from. So you would actually find a hospital out there. Or you'd even find a farmer who's known for taking people in in exchange for work. You know, there's so many fun things you can do about it. Yeah. A lot of fun um, encounters could come from, you know, finding a place to stay for the night. Yeah. So you could do something like, okay... After you've defeated the orcs and the goblins, you captured an orc and said and got the you know, word that hey, a dragon kind of took over, and you're going off to the kingdom or the capital to speak, try to speak with the king or one of his advisors or something to get assistance. On your way there, there the inn that you got one of your players knows about as a good place to stop. Um, also has like a farm next to it that where they have like this kind of trade agreement. And the farm got attacked by gnolls. Hey, hey, look. Now you have a little side quest. You can get free lodging for going and getting these gnolls. Or if you want to, if you have a group that doesn't like combat a lot, which is normally 50-50, normally half of them like combat, it's rare to have one full group that wants to murder and fight all the time. Yeah. So it could be a fun bit where, like, the pigs got out. So you can have this fun bit where now the players have to go wrangle in hogs, making acrobatic, athletic checks. The wizard might try to do some yeah magic. And, and, yeah, and now you as the DM have to sit there and think of, okay, well, now I have to think of pig wrestling mechanics for D&D. Oh, easy. That's a uh, grapple check at disadvantage because they're really, really wrangly. Yeah. 
Yeah, but like, and then you get to have fun with the players, and they get to have like, you know, maybe it's a level two, so the wizard casts enhance ability on somebody, so now they have creative solutions, and you can figure out whether hold person works on a pig, which, and, it, which it probably wouldn't, so hold person. No, not hold animal. And then you know, it's it's gonna let the group build banter. It's gonna let them. Uh, it's gonna let them have banter. It's gonna let them build. You know, themselves as a group. And yeah. now they're going to make friends. Now, whenever they come back, they're going to be like, oh, you're the pig guys. Yeah, you're, you're the guys that, that uh, fix the pigs. You know what? Yeah, the, Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's din- on me. Yeah, dinner's on me tonight. It's, it, it's all good. Yeah, we're having pork. Guess which one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you met dinner before. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're the one that caught it. Yeah. I think you touched his poo in the mud, too, so you might be real familiar with this. And- yeah. You, you still... still- have you taken a bath since then? <laughs> and so, you know, then they they rest and now they finish, they get to they get to the capital. Capitals are pretty easy. Just think any capital in like a fantasy game. Yeah. Um Stormwind from World of Warcraft. Uh I forget other ones. I immediately just blanked. But yeah. just think large cities. They're mostly made of stone. Yeah. Think solitude from Skyrim. Imperial City from Oblivion. Think the other ones. I'm running yeah. out again. But just think they're normally large, and it's okay to go in those tropes. Yeah. The, the king probably lives there. Yeah, the tropes are there for a reason. It probably as, has. As a first-time world builder, you do not need to go away from those fantasy tropes. They're tropes because people like them. Yeah, everyone loves the good. The farm is under attack by orcs. Go kill the orcs and save the yeah. farm. Yeah, like... Wait until you've built this first little section that is your, you know, it, your typical kingdom before you start breaking the tropes. Yeah, it's it's okay. Like, um, in on Sunday's world, um, one of the kingdoms is just a good old fashioned. The king lives here. All the towns are run by people he assigns to run it. They all pay him taxes. He runs the a big military because he pays for them. Mm-hmm. All the towns have a small personal detachment. Nobles are prominent. You know, the noble group kind of has an assembly that kind of persuades the king. It's a very normal world. Yeah. And that's okay because the world next to it is ran by insane artificer gnomes who are invented gunpowder. And they're absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And it's ran because they're the smartest ones. Yeah, and then up north, it's like a republic. It, it's okay to have that normal one, because it it might seem boring that oh my kingdom is a normal kingdom. Don't forget that the more you play, eventually you can zoom out more, and you can now build this, these multiple kingdoms. Yeah, that crazy idea you have, put that to the side, and then after you've built this little little bit of story and a little bit of world yeah. with some history. You can say, all right, well, this other kingdom idea I have would be over here, kind of. Yeah, um, like the movie Encanto. Have you seen that movie, Jordan? I want to. It is wonderful. So in the movie, no spoilers, but the premise of the movie is they're in this kind of magical village. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of, I, yeah. I know the premise. So I'm just, I'm, that's all I wanted to say. I love that idea of this like kind of sentient magical candle or artifact that mm-hmm. reaches out to people in need and brings them to this village. Yeah. So I was like, I want that in my world. Now, because I have a massive world, there isn't a campaign where I can put it in naturally. So I put it somewhere else. Now, this continent, there's this weird area where people have gone to and they haven't come back. And they're not being kidnapped. They're going to this... You know, this magical world where you cannot find it unless the artifact reaches out to you in your time of need and pulls you in. Mm-hmm. You can leave whenever you want. They're not, like, you know, kidnapped. But I love the Encanto ideas. I pulled it in. Yeah. We watched, um, what was that movie? The guy had the rings. Uh, Shang-Chi. shang Uh, yeah. that super cool fucking magical thing in the forest. You bet your ass. Yeah. I, I, All I, of I, our I, campaigns I, have that yeah. thing in it. Um, another kind of, like, so... I guess the the where we're coming from is and I there's a book called Steal Like an Artist. That's a really good book for anybody who's doing anything creative where the whole idea is at this point in in the world, no idea you have is completely original. You just take an idea you've heard of 
and modify it. And all of a sudden, it's this it's an original idea for you. Um, there's a thing person on Twitter I call. It's called uh, where they do the shitty character ideas. I ca- mm. I can't remember the exact n- name of it for some reason off the top of my head. But he had this idea where there's a sentient magic item shop who is in love with the bookstore, the library across the street, and is always asking. Yeah, exactly. So I've kind of been running with the idea where now it's this like ancient magic shop where the wizard who owned it originally enchanted the place to run on his on its own so that he could um, retire, not work as much because he's getting old. So now the shop can run itself and it be- slowly becomes more and more sentient and falls in love with this enchanted bookstore across the street. So whenever you come in to buy these books or buy these magic items, you speak with the store itself and it says, and it asks you, well, we'll give you a discount if um, you bring this flower across the street for us. I'm picturing it like in Kanto because the main building is sentient. So like mm-hmm. it'll move the tiles to push an item towards one of the characters. Yeah. Imagining like the floorboards across the floor and like lifting up the flower for you to grab yeah yeah and i've a hundred percent implemented that in a place that you may or may not come across i don't know like i don't know what you guys are you know fully planning on doing i don't think we know um i mean it's dms veteran d every experienced dm i know like, if you're watching a super cool movie and it's a cool idea, you bet you're... I, like, for uh, Shang-Chi, all three of us immediately, like, opened our phones and we're taking notes in yes. our Samsung a- a- notes 100%. App. Every movie I watch... I'm, I've been watching um, Mobile Suit Gundam Iron-Blooded Orphans, and I've been... It's a hell of a title. It's so... It's such a good anime. Um, I've been... I've been slowly, like, taking notes on ideas just from the concept... And now that we've established that, hey, our worlds are from different planets. Oh, we're going to... You know it, the second we're done recording, we're going to go sit in there and just begin. Yeah, because, I mean, we still have to go over O&O stuff for two. Oh, fuck. It's right. <laughs> <sighs> but, the, uh, the life of a DM. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, you know, just taking ideas. And honestly, something that really helps and has helped us is... Having a person to just bounce ideas off of. Yeah, just talk. Um, find a um, Discord server and just talk to the people on there. Because you'll get so many ideas and you can find like one person you really vibe with and just get on Discord calls. And then or you can meet a friend and you could like really hit it off, start talking about world building, and eventually you guys become really good friends and you make a podcast about it. Yeah. And... You know, he helps you build shit in your backyard, and then when the world ends, you guys get together and run the whole world. Just normal DM stuff, you yeah. know? <laughs> um, one thing I do want to say is I know you, uh, you and I kind of explain stuff not perfectly. Like, like there's no script we're reading. No, we're, so we're this literally might not just seem this. Really, yeah, we're, this is not like, this isn't a step-by-step guide. Yeah, th- I think this is more uh, uh, the intro to world building, and the next episode will actually kind of script it a little better and have... We say that, but probably not, but... That's what our goal is. <laughs> what I wanted to say is, for the f- I've been DMing for several years now, and for the Same. first time ever, I actually opened this thing called the Dungeon Master's Guide, and... The what? I know, it's, it's baffling. They actually made a book about DMing, um... I've never actually read it because I just Google what I need, but I actually opened it, and believe it or not, chapter one, fucking like page fourteen, the very beginning of the book, it surprisingly, shout out to Wizards of the Coast, does sorry I keep like looking down at the book the audio is probably weird but they do a phenomenal job walking honestly walking you through almost step by step building a world. From, like, a province all the way to, like, continents. And then how to combine the continents. Yeah. How to roll for how towns work. Rolling for your noble hierarchies. Explaining the different forms of government. Going through your factions and organizations. Creating your own. Um, how to handle magic in your world. And, granted, it's not going to do everything. 
there's only so much info they can give you. But yeah. like honestly, I kind of want to do an episode where you and I only use this creating your own world and see what no uh, no, no phones, nothing, just our brains and this book, what you can make. Just walking through this. It's like 20 pages. Um, actually, it is 10 pages. And it stops after, you know, the magic. And then it goes into, now you've made a world, time to make a campaign. Yeah. So if you read these two chunks, just sit down with a pen and a paper. Or, you know, like a Google Docs, like an adult. And you can end up forming a pretty solid campaign. You can end up building a pretty solid world. It's not going to be perfect. Um, but yeah. no world's ever going to be yeah. perfect. You know, and if only... you have if you have a plot hole, you just be like, magic. I actually put plot holes on purpose because people aren't perfect. Like, like for example, shout out to my spouse, Tristan. The first ever DM game, uh, not DM game, the first ever game he tried to DM, he made the mistake of going crazy with it. It was a super good idea, and I actually hope he kind of goes back to it because it was a very interesting idea. Um, to summarize, like a 30-minute explanation, all this, like, the world was like, like you know, cat five storms outside, but every single town had a small crystal protecting it from the weather. Mm-hmm. We were not told that when we went into a, uh, the basement of the library. Because he he kept saying library. In the library, we were fighting off evil cultists who were working with an evil hag. Yep. And they had put like a they had like stabbed this crystal. Well, when we saw that, what we saw was they had placed a crystal in this room. So we freaked out and we had attempted to stop whatever they were doing. We ended up like freezing the crystal over. Yeah. Me, I did. I touched it with a, with a magical branch we found, trying to stop it. It froze over. The town fell apart. It was a little protected. Thousands died. My character, I think, was super depressed. Yeah, because now you killed him. Because now I killed my lawful good little gnome guy. Killed thousands of people. And the and the thing what really bothered me was Tristan took that as we were blaming him. He was saying how, oh, as a DM, I made that mistake. As the DM, I did not tell you that because that is something you'd probably know. Mm. And even if you didn't know, that was something you should have known as a player. And I said, no, you didn't tell us that. The panicking librarian didn't tell us that, Who the one who sent us down there to go help. Yeah. So, yeah, as a DM, you know, yeah, unfortunately, I agree. He was right. That is a plot hole. That is something we should have known. Mm-hmm. But not only does it make a good story, it, it's realistic. People don't tell you everything. Like all, story arcs and things like like in video games, they aren't always perfectly explained. Yeah, yeah the librarian might have just assumed we knew what it was. She might have been panicking. Maybe she was scared and forgot. Yeah. So we okay. So we destroyed this crystal, destroyed this town. So now we are either super depressed and like want to repent for our fuck-ups. Well, step one is we got to save these people. Yeah. We got to defend this wagon. Got to get these people to the like the next town over. So, yeah. it, it, like, that plot hole, which, to him, ruined the campaign, as a DM, it was like, no, this is fucking amazing. What are you, This is perfect. Keep going. You're writing a book. Yeah. And it's it's okay to leave plot holes in. Like, I will deliver it. Like, I do it all the time, much to some players' annoyance, where sometimes the story just stops. Like, you're hunting down this person, you're going from, um, you know, clue to clue to clue, making your way through it, and eventually there's just, oh, Brett? Oh, I think he left. I, I, I don't know where Brett is. And there's no more information. Like, the, the, yeah. like he's gone under the radar. It isn't like a, a RPG where you can perfectly follow these very conveniently placed clues. Sometimes they get away. Yeah. Now, as a DM, don't be a dick. Eventually, let, like, have a fun bit where maybe... In several sessions, they're in a market and someone bumps into them. And when they bump, the hood falls down. Oh my god, it's Brett! And they yeah. freak out. And that, to them, is going to make it seem like you did a phenomenal job. When realistically, you probably just forgot that they were supposed to find a note 20 fucking sessions ago. Yeah. Quite often, I forgot. To, like I was like, oh, you were supposed to get healing potions back there. Whoops. Well... A magical spring opens up in the cave after the golem smashes the wall and you're all healed for 1d4. It, 
those plot holes can when you when you try to solve them naturally, it can lead to cool stuff like that. Yeah. So it's okay if you forget stuff. It's towns aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. Yeah. Just roll with the punches. If if a player's like, wow, it's pretty fucking dumb how the harbor is across town from the warehouse, so we have to take a wagon and haul the supplies all the way to the warehouse and then haul stuff all the way back. Wouldn't they just build the warehouse next to the harbor? Yeah, they probably fucking should, huh? That's yeah. yeah. This town they're pretty dumb. Yeah. Or or yeah, they're dumb or Maybe they just built this new warehouse, and the only plot of land they had available was across town. Yeah. So it's and in in my in my DM head, I'm like, oh my god, I'm so dumb. I I made a mistake. No, you didn't. Whoever built the warehouse probably did. Yeah. And and that that goes so. Um, in jazz, there's this thing where interesting pivot, but go on. So the the there's this concept of you didn't play the wrong note. You just didn't play the note with enough confidence. I like that. So, and that's the same concept you have to use as a DM, yeah. where okay, yeah, you fucked up. Just, just roll with it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Um, I think my guitar teacher in high school told me if you play a wrong note, play the same note five more times, make it sound right. Yeah. Everything you do has a reason, has a purpose. You know, being good at improv definitely helps. And if you're new at DMing, it's okay to be like, hey, guys, I'm brand new at this. Give me a second to think Give about it. Give me a second. It's totally okay to ask for a moment from your players. It doesn't have to be this perfect back-to-back-to-back-to-back bit. Yeah. You could be like, oh, you stabbed the king? Um, can we take five? The party will laugh, be like, take all the time you need because fuck that king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they also under, especially if, if you play with like an experienced DM, that dude totally gets it. He's like, you take your fucking time. Yeah, yeah. Wait, they players would much rather take a break, you know, use that chance to go to the bathroom, stuff like that, while you figure out a way to make this into a good story plot. I mean, you can even be like, I mean, okay. There was a couple times, Jordan, when you were very early on DMing, that you like didn't prepare enough, and we'd have to call the session like super early. Yeah. That sucked, but it's it was, what it, it, it's it's better than you trying to bullshit a session. Yeah. So, what I do is I deliberately have extra stuff prepared. I do all the time. All now. the time. Like I deliberately. Let's say, let's say I know you're like you're. For example, Sunday. I know you're going to get to Merkwell, probably. But let's say I wasn't prepared for Merkwell. Let's say tomorrow I wake up. I'm not feeling well. I'm like fuck. I've prepared nothing. You can't get to Merkwell yet. Yeah, so just build an account. Yeah. In the night, your wagon gets stolen. Fuck you. Now I've bought myself a session or two. Yeah. Where maybe a a giant eagle swept in and grabbed their fucking wagon or, and flew away. I guess in the case of the Sunday game, all those mercenaries we just hired are like, well, these guys are rich. Yeah, half of them, half of them steal your wagon. Yeah, there's pl- plenty of things to do. Just think of a way to slow them down, and you can do it. Maybe you have a, a piece of paper that you left in your backpack, and you have to give it to the king of the town you're getting to. Fucking, and I I know you're going you're going to the king in the morning. Your backpack is stolen that night. Mm-hmm. You wake up and the place has been robbed. You you don't know how you were asleep. You. It's gone. Yeah. Somebody put, um, I don't know, this is where you can start creating magic items, where or, somebody, you know, put a sleep powder in the air, made everybody just go to sleep. If you're, you know, it's a thing where if they're already asleep, it makes them go into a deeper sleep. Or you can really hour. spice it up, and the innkeeper is working with a group of bandits, and he is poisoning the stew every night, mm-hmm. and he's like marking the rooms that Rich Adventures are staying. So now, You've not got to the king yet, so now I can better prepare for dialogue. Mm-hmm. Maybe I know I want the king assassinated, but if it's a very elaborate bit, I'm going to have to really plan it out. You have to think about ways. Like, let's say I really want the king assassinated. Do I want it to happen while you're there? That'd be dramatic. How do I stop you from stopping the assassin? What do I do? And then there's ways to work through it. So, and then that's a lot to prepare. You might need some time. 
especially if you work a full time job and stuff. So it's yes. buy buy yourself that time. Um, I have tons of little shit. Like for example, the innkeeper one. That's one of the ones that I have. Like I have a little piece of paper that's like, please stop. I'm not ready for you to continue the main story. Yeah. So I can do that, and that's like I could cut it into a good three sessions of trying to find out what happened. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe the innkeeper he now he now like because you woke up and immediately got mad. He was like, "Oh, the poison's supposed to make you forget," but maybe as a DM, you make them roll a save. You pretend everybody but one person failed, mm-hmm. and that one person knows, "Hey, we all for I remember our stuff's missing." Everyone's like, "What stuff? We don't we we didn't come here with anything because they modified our memory." One person remembers, so now that person has to have dialogue with the group, convince them. Yeah. Then it, it, it's a whole thing. So I've now bought myself honestly as much time as I want, because in thirty minutes I can I can have you find the innkeeper, yeah. or in three sessions you can find him. Yeah. Um, I did this, I did this one time in the Thursday game where I wasn't prepared for them to go into like a dungeon yet, so I had them go across the continent hunting down these escaped like deserter soldiers. Because mm-hmm. they had to have gas masks to go past the old uh, natural gas lines in the in the sewers. Yeah, and I bought myself that time. Yeah, it's super easy to just buy yourself time with things like that, and and that's a lot of world building and campaign building is just buy yourself time to get ideas. Like yeah. honestly, you're not superhuman. Nobody's Matt Mercer. You know, except Matt Mercer. Except Matt Mercer and Matt Mercer. Shout out to Matt Mercer. Yes, I know, I know he listens to it every, every episode. Yeah. Can I get the new uh, the new Taldori Reborn book, please? Where is where is favorite podcast actually? Yes. Don't Google that. Yes. Yeah. He he has been on the record saying that. Yeah, but don't don't look it up. Yeah. Just trust us. Yeah, we 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 know what we're talking about. Yeah. So I think a, a very important thing when world building that I think a lot of people kind of skip is what do you want the story to be? Because the story you make actually has a very different impact in the story than you might think. Mm -hmm. For example, um, I ran a campaign that I based very heavily on the hit game, game of the year of like 2009, The Elder Scrolls Oblivion. I used the the big, beautiful map, all the cities... Um, I, I actually recently played it, so I, I wrote a few a few side quests. So I had this big, gorgeous world, but the story in Oblivion is a very dangerous, straightforward. You we have to save the world kind of story. Yeah. Now everyone jokes about RPGs where you ignore the main story to do the side quests. They don't do that in D and D very often, especially if it's like. Oh, the king was murdered. Sorry, emperor. Fucking still to this day, I keep calling <laughs> him the king. The emperor, the emperor, um, the emperor is killed. The world's gonna end. We have to do something about this. And now the party is basically gonna go from A to B to C to D to E, going mm-hmm. down the main quest line. Yeah. Very rarely stopping. Like I would have to literally, like, steal shit from you to stop you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the like, it, it very much. You're not gonna. You're you're not you're not gonna go check out some rumor of treasure, when you have to deliver this paperwork to to Joffrey. Yeah, and because of that, it meant that my world was narrowed down to the main story because the main story was the adventure. It wasn't the world. Yeah, and and that's one of those things where, if you when you create a story for a world, you know, try to make it a very like open-ended how do we solve this rather than you know you have a line to follow mm-hmm. and that's why I, I ended up canceling the campaign it's great to play in a video game it does it didn't fit in in dnd yeah because it was very boring to me because it was just me pushing you along this script yeah i was railroading myself having you play that um what i like to do is i, I i'm using it for sunday is i like to have it to where Think of the main story and like think of the main story like the layer of a pond, like the, the top level of water. That's the main story. Mm-hmm. And the group is a rock you're skipping across the pond. It hits it. it, it you know, the party interacts with the main story. 
and then it skips, and then some time passes before they are reintroduced to it. Mm-hmm. The the main story is happening behind the scenes, and the group, over time, will run into it more and more and more and more. Mm-hmm. The first skip's a huge skip when you throw the rock. So like, for example, your or- your organs were stolen. That's crazy. Wow, the, what the, that's insane. And it did not come up again for a couple sessions. And then you met a bad guy. And he explained ju- the bare minimum of information that he bounced for a while. Yep. And now you're back to, well, this is going to be a problem later. This is weird. And now over time, I mean, granted, you've fucking changed the story now that you have an army. Yep. Whoops. So that's going to be different. But that, <laughs> And that's kind of how I like, I like to do Because uh, you know there's a main story. You know... You guys are aware that you're being, you're basically a medical test. Yeah. You know, you know there's some weird item in you. You know there's a very rich group paying you. But there's all this downtime in between, which lets me send you on all these crazy adventures. Yeah. And now, kind of the way we went with our army. See, I don't see us traveling with that group as much. I think we're probably going to go to a town. And just say, all right, guys, you know, for until we get a little bit more consistent work and an actual like job board, hey, you know, we don't have a reputation right now. Just get a job board. You guys go work and we'll be in contact about other jobs that we come across as rep comes. We'll see how that works. That's the the initial idea. They're not going to like that. So, like, yeah, well, and, and that's you know we'll see how that goes, but that and that's I'm having way more fun doing that. That's why um, in, in the world instead of giving you um, the one the one that we did before we had a council because Tristan had to go out for a while. Um, I, I made I, I sat down for weeks and I made this whole world, mm-hmm. multiple continents, fucking Dragon Island, uh, that was Russian for like cold lizard. Um, Svenja, the pig continent. I made yep. all this world, and then I made. It was like when we started. I, I gave you three rumors, mm-hmm. three different rumors that you've heard about your travel, and you got to pick which one you were going for when the campaign started. That yeah. was fucking super cool. That's probably how I want to start most campaigns. Yeah, um, I liked this. Uh, the, the The current Sunday game was kind of neat because I wanted to try that idea of the organs being stolen. That sounded like a fun thing to do. Yeah, but. I really enjoyed having such an open-ended story because there's stuff happening. Obviously, you're aware of it. But it's not forcing you to go from A to B to C to D to E. Yeah, it's just kind of like this mystery, but there's no information known about it. So we have to kind of roll with the punches for a little bit until we figure it out. Yeah, until you start meeting more people, gathering more information. And to me, it's great because now I have complete control over it. Now I can literally do anything to you guys from the main story's perspective, and it makes sense. Mm-hmm. In Oblivion, I couldn't just steal your organs. That What? How? Why? But now I've, I've set a precedent where there's this very powerful group, so now just crazy shit can happen. Yeah. I can have you guys wake up, and there's another person there who wakes up. He's like, oh, I was, I was placed here. You could wake up in a different world. I could say there's so many things that I can do. Um, I left it so open-ended. The mercenary company we're starting, a guy could hire us. Like, hey, we heard about your exploits in, you know, the first town whose name that name I forgot. We we heard about your exploits. We want to hire you to take care of this thing. But that person's hiring us is actually working for that company. Yep. And they just want to use that as a test to check up on how we're reacting. Wow, that would be a crazy idea. That's This is the problem where you have your other DM buddy in your game, man. That's almost like what's not definitely going to happen pretty quick. That's crazy. You know, that's... Teehee. It's totally a normal guy hiring you for a normal job. Yeah. L-O-L. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, and, and really, this is honestly what we're doing now. This is how you world build. Yeah. Like, literally, when we made our maps, we sat across my table and just quietly drew our maps, and we would be like, how's this look? Oh, pretty cool. That looks like a, a pig. And we're like, oh, fuck, it looks like a pig, and now it's called Svenja, yeah. which is Russian for pig. Or yes. Bacon? bacon? I can't remember. I think it's bacon. For all our Russian followers, go ahead and let us know in the comments down below. 
Yeah. And it was probably changed a little bit, so it's probably like a close but not yeah. exact thing. Yeah, and and, that, and that's how we did it. Um, shout out to Incarnate. Yes. Uh, we will actually we will do an episode where we just talk about all the different software we use because it's uh, there's a lot a lot of ways to use it. Um, Incarnate, which we are not sponsored, but we should be. Shout out to you guys. You're yeah, killing it. Incarnate is amazing. It's fucking phenomenal. I literally just like sat there for hours, and it's literally just like you can like you slash your finger across the map, boop, land appears. Yeah, and it's really useful when you draw on one of those to have like a tablet or something. Yeah, I I use my like my laptop. It worked just fine. Yeah, you can do it with a laptop, but like I can tell you when I got my tablet that had a touch screen. Yeah. Drawing out maps and stuff like that became so much easier and so much more. And fun. you can use it for like you can also use it for like cities, mm-hmm. you know, worlds. But just being able to zoom all the way out, it gives you a a big square piece of paper. It's blue, and you can start drawing. Mm-hmm. You can you can hit the randomized one where it randomizes stuff. I never really liked what came out. Um, I didn't actually mess with that. I might. I it was probably cool. Should. Um, it had like different presets. It could be like a giant ocean in the middle and then wrapped all around as land. But it, I never really felt like it had. It always felt like I was making part of a world the, the way it came out. It always like the land would always be cut off on the edges. So like it always looked like there was more land beyond the map. Yeah. Which I wasn't. I, I wanted to have a full map. Um, We've probably put hours into doodling, and we probably I, I still go in there and make some little changes. Yeah, it's so, it's addicting. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Um, that's what I highly recommend is just get something like that, something that's very easy to erase, even like a dry erase board, and just kind of start Google, like not googling, doodling, <laughs> and then like you'll draw, and you're like, oh, that's a little too wide. Wipe it down, and make it a little smaller, make it a little bigger, just mm-hmm. slowly. Think of it like whenever you watch people who draw, like they'll sketch, they'll erase it, sketch, they'll erase it. Light sketches, dark sketches, shading. Mm-hmm. You, you go over it over and over and over again until that final product. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, it is hard to first start. Um, that's why you have to kind of think, like I wanted, you know, um, on my map, I wanted the kind of like, like fantasy, like MMORPG kind of look to it. Mm-hmm. Where it's like all these different continents. Oh, that's a very snowy continent. Um, I took a little bit of inspiration from from World of Warcraft, just because I liked that that northern continent being the snow, and all that kind of shit. So I kind yeah. of filled in, filled in yeah, all that, and it's just it's cool having all. I like having them separate because it's basically like I have all these separate little worlds. Yeah, and you can take from them, and you can kind of just do like that thing that goes in a lot of. You know RPG, you know MMO RPGs, where it's like, okay, you've completed some things on this island. Off to the next one. And now you have this guy who shows up with a boat that'll take you to the next continent. And as cheesy as that is, because that is literally just you playing an MMO RPG, it's fun. Yeah, like, and it allows you. Okay, I flesh out this area. Now that I've fleshed it out, they got a little bit more missions. I can start yeah. working on fleshing out another area that they can start going to after they finish. Another great idea, if you can, is I am running two different campaigns using the same world map. In so, different areas. In different areas. So the first campaign, which is Sunday, is basically the, it's, they've begun in the bottom left. On the other game, which is every other Thursday, they've begun in the top right. Mm-hmm. So now... Because they're in different areas, all the players are adding their own their own two cents, and the worlds around it are slowly fleshing out. Again, going back to letting your players help build that world. Yeah. R.I.P. to the one guy who like surrendered himself to the weird military. I don't, was... don't want to talk about it. We'll do an episode where we reminisce on dumb stories like that. Um, yeah, basically, he found he they teleported to a whole new planet. And then they, like, saw an army walking to war, and then one guy, like, stepped out onto the road with his hands up, and then was kind of being a dick to, like, the lieutenant of the army. Yeah. So they are, they think he's insane, because he's like, oh, I'm from a different planet. Like, yeah, you're, you've lost yeah. your, your spare parts, bud. Yeah, you're just spare parts. 
you've lost your marbles. So they just like took him and they're gonna send him to jail and let the the nearby sheriff take over it. Yeah. And deal with it. Um, that's the, I mean, obviously, we all can't afford to run two separate separate games. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to get to the point. Like, I have another campaign idea where I want to run it, and I'm thinking of like making it run every other Thursday. You know, opposite. I'll still play. Oh yeah, I know. And and this one I want to run as an online game because I've never done an online DM'd an online game. Mm-hmm. So I want I want to try running that and seeing if I can find some like old youtube and twitch friends that are like yeah we'll play i'm I'm so ready i can't wait yeah but yeah that's i mean that's really it um that is the intro to how we go about world building so how we're hoping to do it is the next episode we're going to start with what we we're really going to break it down so episode one is that first part yes we're going to go over set i mean we we honestly kind of did it in this one but we want to do it in a little more detail yeah, um, our our goal is that you can listen to this playlist and make a world along with us. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's like Bob Ross, where you just follow us. Yeah, we're gonna paint so many happy little trees. Yeah, we're gonna do a happy little village. And then what we'll do is we will release the world we create. Yeah, we'll we'll make a world map in incarnate, and we'll just post it to our our Twitters. Yeah. And and Instagrams. Oh yeah, we do have Instagram, but um, I do. I have Twitter. <laughs> I'm the I'm the social guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that's all I had really. I mean, honestly, we ignored the majority of what we had planned. Yeah, but I mean, that's how it always goes. That's how, that's how it be. Well, um, guys, I mean, yeah, that's it. Uh, sorry, it's been since last year. Yeah. It's been a whole year since we it, spoke. Yeah. Yeah. But yep. plagues happen. Yeah, plagues. It we got pr- sicky. It was probably that bug we ate. <clears throat> That'll do it. Anyway, if you guys liked what you heard, you want to listen to more, we do have the socialses. Mm-hmm. That's right, we do. Um, we say it every episode. So if you're listening, you probably don't start listening to this episode. So you've probably already heard our socials. But we are on Twitter and Instagram. I think, didn't you change it recently? Oh, fuck, did I? I thought you changed. Well, our, our Twitter is at Locked in a Shed, all one word. Okay. Instagram is, I forget, probably pending. I'm pretty sure I changed it to Two Guys in a Shed. Because it was kind of weird how all of our stuff was Locked in a Shed when we were called Two Guys in a Shed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, again, saying we are on Spotify now. Yes. Um, we were on YouTube for a while. It took us some time to get on Spotify. Um, it's the exact same thing as just two guys in the shed. We are posting all of our stuff there. Yeah. And I'm working on a website. Yeah. A little teaser there. Shout out to Squarespace. Using them. Please sponsor us one day. They probably, honestly, they will because they sponsor like everybody. I've seen them on yeah. so many YouTubers. Um, shout out to Danny Gonzalez. I'm going to use your Squarespace code. Sco- code. I'm going to use your Squarespace <laughs> code. I'm going to use your code for the Squarespace. Yeah. For the website. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm Ethan. And I'm Jordan. I don't think that's changed. It has not. And, okay, bye. I love you.